You're listening to the Our Eerie Podcast with Devonna Paisley, Marty Wachuku, and Lydia Laith. We're here to highlight community voices and bring new perspectives to the table. We are unpacking Eerie's and America's baggage. We're speaking truth to power. Take a seat. All right. So this is our Eerie hosts. Going a little off script for a second. So normally we have one of our producers, John Lyons, with us to help uh, navigate the tech side of recording. (laughs) So we're doing a little attempt of our own because as we were just hanging out, the three of us, we were starting to talk about an issue that we think is really um, Mm. warrants a, a news debrief like we've done in the past, a special bonus episode to talk about. Uh, so do you, I mean, do you want me to explain it or Devana, do you want to explain? Okay. Well, I'll give you a little context to how we even got to this conversation. So shout out to my friend Leroy Oglesbia, who is the one that put on a Facebook status, um, that, uh, is anybody like aware of the migrant children, uh, from the border who are going to be housed in Erie? And so I was like, what the heck is he talking about? So when I looked at all the comments and you know whatnot, he shared an article. And so then we had, we started bringing up this conversation. I brought up the conversation to Lydia and Marty and I'm like, y'all like, have y'all heard about this? What are your thoughts on this? Um, And so, yeah, like if you would love Lydia to give it a call, like more to that, I would love that. So, uh, so yeah, so there are some unaccompanied minors that have been brought to Erie. Um, basically to like a, a pseudo detention facility. It is a dormitory in Erie that has been converted into like a temporary detention site for these kids because they came to the country unaccompanied. They don't have any legal status in the United States. So the process currently in the United States is that they have to be basically warehoused somewhere else. They Mm. can't go to someone's private home immediately. They get put in a facility while they all get processed and found family members to then take them into their homes. Um, and, and there's time restraints on how long they can be in, in uh, the facility in like government custody. But um, so, and, and this is all abstract idea. Like I'm not worked to, to be clear. I and my office that I work for in my day job, like are not part of this at all. We have not been contracted out by the man that owns this facility in Erie. We have not been involved in any sort of planning or discussion, which is really frustrating because this is a, an incredibly vulnerable population that we're talking about. These are, Devana, like you were saying earlier before we started recording, like these are seven to 12 year old kids, mostly little girls that are coming into this area. And there is such a lack of transparency in what is happening. And that as a as a parent, as a trauma therapist, as a social worker, as a human being, it makes me so scared and uncomfortable and concerned I have a pit in my stomach that is growing ever since I heard about this because we have no idea what's happening. No, I had so many questions. I was like, when I first read that, I was like, okay, so where are the volunteers? How do people volunteer? Are there going to be people working at this? Do they have their clearances? Like, you know, obviously because I used to work in a facility that housed children. And so when you think about these things and you think about um, children being housed by just in a group, it really, it makes me, um, it makes me nervous. And so I 
just really, I'm glad that we're bringing this to to more, uh, bringing this topic um, up because I I think that we all should be deeply concerned about how this is going to happen. And I know that there are. I know that there has to be some form of confidentiality in a way where we also want to protect the children and the lives of the and, and whatnot. Um, but at the same time, as like in our in our community, we have so many different organizations can that can help and support and facilitate uh, you know groups for these children or education or food or you have people who are willing and ready to help. And the reason why I'm saying that is because literally when you look at comments, some of them are really really shitty because a lot of people in this city can't still put their selves aside and uh, when it comes to, you know, children and the rights of children. Um, but at the same time, there are also people in our city who are really wanting to help and assist. And we don't know how we don't know, you know, what to do. And so I think that this is something that I'm really been thinking about all week. Like y'all, like, is anybody else worried? That's just how I feel. Like, is anybody else? And so I'm glad to bring this to y'all because literally, this right. is a problem, you know, this is to me, I think it's a little bit of a problem. Yeah. And I think what's unfortunate about the way that the media has covered it and the way that like the comments section has devolved around mm -hmm. this conversation is that it becomes mm -hmm. very polarized and it's not productive. So then on one side, we have people saying, throw them back over the wall, which is <laughs> ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, we have people saying like, thank God this man is a saint. He's brought all these kids here and he's yes. giving them a place to say like, I'm not saying one way or, well, I'm definitely saying we're not throwing them back over the wall, but no. um, I'm not going to quite say that this guy is good or bad because I don't know. And that's what's scary. But that when we, when it's so polarized, we miss the nuances and the questions that we need to be asking of this, the guy that's, that owns this facility that's, that's has this contract with HHS that, that is operating all of this and contracting out to other people that we don't know. Like there's such a lack of transparency. There was no public announcement. There was no, I mean, he hasn't talked to the media. He hasn't said, here's what the dorms look like. Here's the plan. Here's who's contracting out. Like, why aren't we talking about how these kids will be taken care of and protected and make sure that no one takes advantage of them? There are so many heartbreaking accounts of young women and children who have been assaulted, sexually assaulted, abused, ne like neglected, severely neglected, had their health care needs not met while in detention facilities and under the management of our government. So to now know that some private facility owner is taking these kids in, I want to know as a parent, as a trauma therapist, how are these kids being taken care of? Yes. And we need to be demanding answers of that before we start offering our help and our services, before we start donating money or items or anything, we need to start saying, are you a good person to be yeah. taking care of these kids? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think these are the, you're right, like, it's, it's so hard because I know that I, I obviously, because we don't know much, mm -hmm. it's hard because I can make up, we can make up all, not make up, but we can, I guess, make up all these different hypotheticals and, 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 and ideas of what could happen or not. But it just really does make me also nervous because, not saying this is what this facility is doing. I'm just saying this is the reality of what's going on in across the country of human and child trafficking. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have to be, a, that's why for me, I will speak for myself. I'm very, um, I'm very trying, I'm trying to be very aware and, and, and cognizant of the fact that this does happen. And I'm not trying to be naive to the fact that, okay, well, you bring in these group of kids, but what's going to happen and that, you know, and I'm, that's just where my mind goes because I read lots of articles. I know what's going on out there and what's happening. Um, and I mean, even look at Tennessee. In Tennessee, they found 
apparently they found 150 children between the ages of, I believe it was kindergarten and freaking 17, y'all. Like, and that's what I'm saying, like, and this was through human trafficking. And so I'm not saying, again, like I said, I'm not saying this is what this group is doing or what this, but when you are aware and you see and you want to make sure that that's this, it's that these kids are safe. Right. And, you know, and I'm gonna be honest about that. That's where my mind went. My mind went to, okay, are these children going to be safe? Because mm-hmm. this is what's happening. And this is what's happening on a daily basis. Right. And I'm not going to be naive to that. I'm not going to let us not say that because that's something that's happening. And, you know, I hope that people are aware of that. And um, it's a huge risk. I mean, that's it is a very big risk. There are a lot of and I've I, so I'm part of an anti-human trafficking coalition within Erie that has talked about like this exact possibility, right? That that human smuggling, this idea that I I pay you to take me over the border can a lot of times turn into human trafficking because now you are worth more to me as a trafficked victim than you are as someone that I just smuggle and leave. Absolutely. So so you see a lot of um, predatory people take advantage of these situations where people are very desperate to find safety and stability Mm. and, and they will promise lots of great things and then take advantage of that, whether it's for labor or sex or or other forms of trafficking and abuse. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I, again, you're right. We don't know. And that's another, like, just to reiterate, we don't know. We need to know as a community, we Mm -hmm. should demand answers and transparency Mm -hmm. for the safety of these kids. Not because we don't believe that there are good people in the world that want to help, but because we believe in the safety, stability and and security of these kids. Mm. But that, yeah, I mean, it's, that's not a ridiculous question to be asking Devana. And we should, as responsible citizens in this community, be making sure we're safeguarding for that and saying, okay, yeah, we know that there's this risk. How are we going to make sure that we monitor for that? How do we make sure that that doesn't happen at all costs? How do we make sure that no one becomes a victim of human trafficking in this area and and especially pay attention to these spaces where they're at highest risk? Absolutely. Mm. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Marty, any thoughts? I know Devon and I have been like... Fire. No, and you two I'm both on have fire. backgrounds that like inform what like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just um like when I first heard of it, I thought, oh, okay, so they're not gonna be at in cages at the border. I guess that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then upon hearing that it was going to be here and the, so when you said the location, the sports park, I'm like, Oh, that's quite a ways away. Mm-hmm. And when you said it was, you know, a privately owned facility, I would have figured it was like the city or the county. Mm-hmm. So something about that mm-hmm. is weird to me. Um, mm-hmm. Like you guys said, it doesn't mean anything about the owner. Just something about the government passing mm-hmm. on this responsibility to a private citizen. Mm-hmm. Um, I just and when we're involved, right? Like the, yeah. it feels sketchy when when you're when money is the reason you're doing this. And I understand, like, we all have to make a living, right? Like, we all yeah. have to be paid. I get paid to be a trauma therapist or to be a social worker to help people. Right. But. But that's what we're fighting against with, like, Burks, the detention center out in right. ACA and all these exactly. places where you literally make millions upon millions of dollars for these detention right. centers. I'm not and saying for keeping the them thing. open, not for abolishing the practice yeah. of imprisoning and detaining children and families. Yeah. yeah. But I think. solve the problem. Right. Yeah, it, it doesn't solve the problem, but we. In these detention centers, we have seen and not seen, but I would say we've heard and read articles. You can go on, you you can Google 
kids in detention centers, people in detention centers being victims of assault and all those other things. So again, (laughs) that's like, I just hate the term detention centers and I hate the whole point of it. That's just that I get it, but I hate, I, I really do. Um, I don't think any human should be, uh, you know, in, in, in a facility like that. That's just how how I feel. It's very animalistic to put somebody in that type of environment. Um, And I'm just speaking frankly, because that's how I feel. Um, I, I just feel like, you know, if if there is a lighter end to this, though, and there is out that a good outcome to the fact that these um, children are here, I really do hope that is in a holistic, healthy, and and well environment. You know, I know that in my past experience, I have actually been in those in that building, like as a, as a kid, like we had, I think it was a point, I can't remember what we did as youth. I think I was, do. I don't know, it was like a youth group or camp. And so I know that when I was in there at those times, they were pretty decent, you know what I'm saying? There's, you know, and so I'm just hoping that it is a safe environment. I'm hoping that, you know, it is uh, a, a well-kept and it, and it, and it, it does also give the children um, a space to be and be safe. And, you know, so that is my hope, but we have to also be realistic. There's nothing wrong with hope and, and, and wanting to be positive and all those things, because I am the queen of that in some areas. Um, but I will say also to be the queen of reality, like in of, 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 of honesty and, and, and openness. And I think that that's something that as a, as a community, um, especially when it comes to human rights, like human rights is so important. I'm really seeing that in our country um, and all over the globe, human rights is being right now, like very test is tested. Mm -hmm. And when I think about this, it just really makes me think about all of the other issues that we do have in our mother freaking city, like, and not just in our city, but like in universally, to be honest with you. And so it just, it really, it just, as much as I want this to be a very lighthearted conversation about these children coming here, it's so it's scary when you know the reality of what's going on in our world. And that's just it's so hard. Like, it's really hard to be positive about this, in my opinion, when I know that I am a positive, optimistic person. It just it feels it like it feels just it feels. It just so, hmm, I don't it, know. It shows you how. Um, you know, whenever we march or rally in Perry Square, Lydia, sometimes you leading the charge um, around these issues. Sometimes you would see comments or people saying, well, that's down at the border. That's not our problem. Well, look, here it is in our community. Yeah. And how are we going to, right. you know, address it? Are we going to be the facilities in Texas where you see children? Then, And, and, I, and I saw scrolling through the news story because I... We, this is my first time when we were talking, like really yeah. taking into the conversation that the Benedictines and some really great yeah. people and groups will be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gives me hope. But That's no, good. I don't know. This this issue outside of this community is a really touchy issue. And now the issue is here. It's like, okay, then what do we do as a community about it? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure, Marty. Yeah, and I think, Devana, to your point, it can be both. I think we're mm-hmm. taught so often like you're either neg- like you're a pessimist or you're an optimist. Right. I feel like it's okay to like hope for the best and expect the worst, right? Or like prepare for the worst, but make sure that we're preventing the worst problems from coming while still hoping for the best outcomes. Mm. And so I think that that's kind of how I feel with the facility. I feel similarly towards all these people offering support. I had so many people, such good, kind-hearted people reaching out to me and saying, do you know anything about this? Can you like, what can I do? How can I help? Um, and, and I know that those people come to me with good intentions. I also see other people coming forward saying like, 
I'll, I'll offer free medical services. And like, it makes me concerned about how these kids might be taken for granted by people that state good intentions that don't have good intentions. Cause we've seen that happen, you know, whether we're talking about, you know, coaches that take advantage of kids or, or other like people that are in positions of power that claim to be helping actually hurting people is, is a common narrative that I've heard as a trauma therapist working with kids. And mm. I want to highlight that we're all women talking about this. And from mm -hmm. what I'm hearing that there's female children involved. And I think that's, what's kind of flagging some of these sensitivities, yeah. the awareness of what's Definitely. going on to Holy. young women and the awareness of the power structures that like being detained, you don't have the power. Right. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. And oh, my God, I'm looking at this article, y'all like, OK, so this is recent article from April 12th. So 150. OK, so 150 children. Wait, caught in. OK, OK, so it says that and this is only one one of I, this is and I really don't want to even say his name, but uh, a representative knew that these children were coming here um, to arrive in, in Erie and also that there are going to be more coming in the next day. So it's not even going to be just 150. It's going to be more um, that, you know, that are going to be here. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We just need to have answers. And so as a community, I feel like we, we could rally around this. All these people that want to help and that want to donate their time and energy and passions to this, I feel like we could rally around this, rally around transparency, rally around accountability, because that not only is going to help these these girls and these kids it, like that are here right now, but they're going to help any child that comes through this space in the future if that's what happens. And so I think, you know, I, I try to think kind of long term, right? How how can I create systems that don't need me to operate? How can I create a world that doesn't need me to be a therapist to them? Right. right. Like, how can I how can I disappear from here and never be needed again because we will have created policies and structures that work on their own. So that's kind of my mentality here mm. is how can we make sure that we're demanding transparency and accountability from these facilities to ensure that you don't need a good person like me in that space, but that no matter who goes in there, it will always make sure that it's a good hearted person that it, that these kids are protected from any ill intentions. You know, I just. Yeah, I mean, these kids and then they're uh, I guess the Erie County Health Department. So the Erie County Health Department says says that they were contacted last week to see if they had the capacity to provide uh, vaccinations, physicals, COVID-19 um, and lice checks for as many as 300 to 500 children. So they were calling. Wait, so is this quick? Yeah, that seems like see, that's again going back to transparency and planning. Why couldn't this be a system in which, like, you had a plan, you have a team of people, you have a coalition of organizations and and social services coming together to say, here's how we will make sure that all these kids' needs are met, that all their rights are protected, that they their yep. inherent human dignity is respected and protected. Mm -hmm. And it says the and it says uh, according to at this time I don't know who Char Charlotte Beringer oh Charlotte Beringer uh, director of the community health services did say that um, they the, that the county actually does not have the capacity to help and that there are going to be other services that are going to be privately contacted so even in that you know there probably are services and there probably are organizations that are contacted but we are not going to specifically know because they're going to keep that uh you know under wraps which is that's, yeah that's so like short notice though it doesn't yeah that this was like if the children well, i guess they have to move them quickly i'll give them that but it yeah. still sounds like they're letting 
the people they need to let know. Yeah. But for a world in which like you have to wait weeks for your background check to come in or this or like, how are you getting approved to house the, like these children that fast? There's gotta be a process by which you applied for that. So then at what point did you know that this was going to be approved? And sure. you, you know, like, I understand, yeah, like they're desperate for places to put these kids. There still has to be protections for them mm -hmm. and to make sure that we're not just sending them into the arms of a predator or into the arms of someone that's not even like ill intention, but just unprepared, right? The fact that the county health department can't manage all these needs, like make sure that we're prepared right. for them. Make sure yes. we have a coordinated effort to support them. I just... Well, just know that I'm definitely going to be keeping my eyes up on this. And I know y'all aren't. Uh, no, no, I know y'all are too. Um, so I think that we should just keep, you know, keep our eyes open. Um, I definitely had one of my friends, again, Leroy was on social media, like, listen, what can we do? Um, how can we help? I know that there's actually some, let me actually pull up. There actually is uh, some, I guess they just said today, there's going to be some, like people can donate today. We finally could, I guess, donate to the, to the, let me see. I'll find it in a second, but. Cause I just saw on his page. Again, see, I love Facebook when it comes to this, only when it comes to keeping us all informed, which our news, news or they need to be doing this better, but. I think um, the listeners should um, read the news stories, look up what you want to, and learn yes. more if you're connected with people, mm -hmm. ask the questions you need it. to, but also um, look at the story nationally and dig in deeper, because I think hopefully, um, you understand the nuance that has happened in this conversation, but understand the concerns we're raising. Right. Um, yeah. And that's not just coming from nowhere. Because I do, I personally do see it. I don't even know what to say. Mm. If it's a better situation than the cages in Texas, mm. yeah, I guess it's a better situation, but there needs to be clarity about like what's happening here. Let's not recreate the same problem literally in our backyard. Right, um, right. It's complex. It's a really complex very situation, complex. right? Because it, yeah. it's, it's difficult. But at the at the core of it, too, like, these kids didn't come here out of choice, and they didn't come here for no reason. Yeah. A lot of people, both adults, families, and children, are, are forcibly displaced from their homes out of civil and, and political unrest that the United States had a hand in, mm. historically. Like, you look back at all these countries that these families are fleeing from, and they are countries that the United States intentionally destabilized throughout history. And I would love to tell you more about it. Feel free to reach out. We can talk more. I have book recommendations. But like, this is complex. This is yeah. huge, like international issues. Yeah. But they are they're in our backyards now, Marty, like you said, like they're this they're here. So now yeah. we have to confront it. Mm. Facts. No issue is in a silo now in this mm -hmm. world. Right. <laughs> It's going back to our conversation we just had with Amin Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We don't exist in a vacuum. Like we are part of this community and we are affected by every issue that affects the world. Well, we can end on that. I guess I think we also like have to end on the note where I don't know if anybody knows, but I just found out that April is National Child National Child Abuse Prevention Month. And so I, you know, I also feel that there should be a call to like 
if you do suspect or you know that that's happening, please like reach out to the organizations that are out there. There's definitely the Child Welfare Information Gateway that's there, um, the www.keepkidssafepa.pa.gov. Um, and you can also call the child hotline, which is 1-800-932-0313. But I really think that that's something I needed to put out there because I think mm-hmm. that's Absolutely. That's super important. Um, and so, yeah, we got to we really got to protect our children. I think that that's Amin Preet had talked about it on uh, how how children now are going to be with a, the, the, the changers, the leaders of our future, which clearly. So really, we need to protect, protect right, right. them. We need to stop traumatizing the next. Yes, year. absolutely. Period. So, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. You've been listening to the Art Airy podcast. Community Voices unpacking Erie's baggage and speaking truth to power. You can continue the conversation on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Our Erie Series. Funding provided by United Way of Erie and Ember and Forge. Music produced by Light Shadow. We appreciate you for listening to the Our Erie Podcast. Until next time, take care of yourself. Keep fighting the good fight. Peace.